2: From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.
3: Good Morning Football is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio.
1: Russell Wilson out in Broncos country. Here he is in the facility with Bradley Chubb. What was his new saying, Kyle? Uh, Broncos
3: country, let's that's ride. ride. Yeah, right. Broncos country, let's yeah.
1: ride. Right. Who's this? But Devontae Adams in the building out in Vegas, one of the newest members of the Raiders. Those are just two of the six teams beginning voluntary off-season workout programs. Good to see those superstars in the buildings means it's draft time yeah. that's me it's almost 2022 that means there's optimism among 32 teams and who wants to win that lombardi welcome to good morning football everybody thanks for choosing us on this tuesday april 12th my name is Kay adams peter schrager mm-hmm. kyle Brandt, and super bowl champion michael robinson Ooh. what's up guys what's, going
4: what's up baby? On, man? All here? Hey, baby wow they just
1: hit that single bam just but, no. for you like that
4: <laughs> hey you know i'm trying that's, I'm that's trying.
1: what that super bowl ring will get you lots yeah. to get to here on the show today so let's do it time for lee block let's ride Vikings, yeah, GMP, let's ride. Uh, yeah, Vikings were one of the six gentlemen to start voluntary offseason workouts yesterday. New head coach, new general manager. Yesterday was the first time their quarterback Kirk Cousins spoke to the media since he got that new one million, or no, one year, thirty-five million dollar extension. More than one million. Yeah, he definitely does. He always does. And Rob, let's hear what Mr. Kirk, Mr. Rich guy, has to say about his future in mini.
5: My mindset was really to be a Viking. Um, I would like to retire as a Viking, and so I would like to play my way into that, if you will. I know i got to earn the right to do that, but uh, if, if I could draw it up, it would be play well enough that they're never you never have to play or wear another jersey anywhere else.
1: Yeah, I'm sure that's the ideal scenario. Kirk stays in Minnesota for the duration. Part of the job requirement for quarterback head coach or GM, of course, is to compete with and ultimately defeat your division rivals. And on the last three seasons, the Packers have owned the North. Not so much Kirk Cousins, though. We'll get to that, I'm sure. A lot's changed in the division going into 2022. One of the best wide receivers in the league left Green Bay for Vegas, of course. We just saw him, Mr. Adams, hitting up a voluntary camp uh, and voluntary offseason workouts they're in Vegas. So, as we stand here today, do you guys think the NFC North is still a one horse race, Kyle?
3: I'm thrilled to say I do not think it's. Oh,
1: a that's race. exciting. I really
3: do not. And I, I took a beating a couple weeks back when Rodgers announced he was coming back and he's here and he's signing the contract. And I said, well, everybody in Chicago and Detroit and Minnesota is, is angry and they're, they're drinking and they're furious and their misery continues. Vikings fans flooding in saying, whoa. Oh, That's a Lions and a Bears thing. That is is not our thing. Like, we beat the Packers. We are not afraid of Rodgers. And so, last seven years, not last three, now last seven years, Aaron Rodgers has played against the Minnesota Vikings 12 times. Started and finished the game 12 times. How many times do you think he's won? Six. Hmm. Six times. 500. Right down the middle. Um, That's it during that time the vikings have won in lambeau kirk cousins has won in lambeau he's also tied in lambeau Um, they beat the packers they beat the packers pretty much every year including last year and the year before do not confuse the sins of the bears and lions with those of the vikings this is a real back and forth here And now the Vikings have eight draft picks, including the number 12 pick. They have a sparkly new whiz kid at head coach. They have Z'Darrius Smith from the Packers. And the Packers are showing up with who I'm calling Mr. X at wide receiver. Don't know who that is. Could be a first round pick. Could be a third round pick. Could be Jarvis Landry. We don't know what they're coming to the party in. And here's Dalvin Dalvin Cook running through the Lambeau Meadows like he's owning the place. Um, Don't think that as much as Rodgers is dominant and as much as he wins MVPs, He doesn't win those MVPs against the Vikings every year, all right? He does not. So Minnesota, I think, gets filed into everybody who just bows down to Rodgers, and the rest of those teams should. The Vikings do not, and I think the Vikings will be better this year, and I'm still waiting to see why the Packers will be better this year than last year, other than just Rodgers, Rodgers, Rodgers. I get it. Vikings are not afraid of Rodgers. They're not, and they shouldn't be.
5: Uh, Vikings uh, are a team that's been kind of laying in the weeds, and Mm -hmm. I thought when they fired Mike Zimmer and they fired Rick Spielman, it was like, all right, they're going to blow this whole thing. They're going to blow this whole thing up. We're going to build it from the ground up. Um, they haven't done that. In fact, they almost doubled down on some of the moves that Spielman and Zimmer have made in the past years, and I find that fascinating. It tells me that the new brass believes in the players in the locker room, and they're like, no, no, we could compete with the Packers yeah. as we are. The Packers lost some big players this offseason, and we gained some. Take a look at these two men right here. This is Kevin O'Connell and Kwesi Adolfo Mensa. These two are going to be the new blood of the Vikings. Happy. They're younger, they're fresher, and they're coming in with different resumes. Kevin O'Connell was a former player, a star at San Diego State, was with the Patriots, was with the Jets, bounced around coaching, of course, was with Washington, and they came over here after the Rams experiment um, or experience. And then Quesy, Quessy was working at Credit Suisse, like, 12 years ago he's Princeton graduate he's a Stanford man he has a different approach to football than maybe all the other general managers in the league and yet you look at their offseason moves it was like all right, Harrison Smith might be gone Adam Thielen might make they like restructured those deals they're like they're coming back Daniel Hunter's coming back These are not huge moves. This is just like, all right, let's add to our defensive line with guys like Harrison Phillips with bringing Zedarius after the Ravens thing went a bust and Jordan Hicks, who was released by the... I find it fascinating. We we get back Patrick Peterson. We bring back Thielen. We bring back Harrison Smith. And most importantly, you bring back Cousins. So, like, I think the pieces might be there because you have two fresh eyes, two fresh set of eyes on this, and they're... They're like, no, we like what we have. We're yeah. not tearing this thing down. We think we can do this with what we've got. And then you look at that. We'll see what happens. You know, mm. the last few years, there have been some major whiffs by the, by the Vikings in the in the draft. Meanwhile, we've also got Justin Jefferson in the first round. They've got Dalvin Cook in the second round. Like, Jeff Gladney and Trey Waynes might not have worked out, but I think there is a lot of hope. Yeah. And the fact that they didn't tear it all down this offseason with two new people in charge tells me a lot about what they think they have in the building. And they're like, we can compete with these guys. It's we're a, right there. Wasn't
1: it what we were all saying last year? They're underperforming, yeah. right? The defense, if they play up to their potential, yeah. and that's why they kept these pieces. I like that they did that because I think we're all scratching our heads a little bit. Last year of Zimmer, defensive-minded coach, why aren't they playing to their potential? Hopefully they can with those set of fresh new eyes.
4: I love this show, guys, because, I mean, again, so much optimism. It's yeah. awesome, right? It's, <laughs> it's April. No, I'm not Don't do it. I'm not going to try to bring you guys down, but I just love it, man. And you give so much passion about every team that we talk about. But let's just be honest, man. The Vikings aren't winning this division. We can talk about, yeah, maybe uh, Aaron Rodgers didn't have the best record uh, versus the Vikings, but the Vikings don't win the division. The Vikings don't make it far in the playoffs. The last time I can really remember the Vikings having a big moment in the playoffs, it was when uh, it was Case Keenum. Was throwing the football in, and I think if you really truly listen to Kirk Cousins and that and that by where he said was, "I have to earn the right to be here," I think he already knows that he hadn't played up to what his salary seems to always show. Can I show that board about how much money Kirk Cousins has made in that oh, football shit. league? And look, I'm not trying to count anybody's chickens and and all of those things, guys. But that's north to uh, of 200. And thirty million dollars, in a couple of videos before, we showed Kirk Cousins' record. His record it's is
1: Kirk Cousins
4: for fifty-nine, <laughs> and fifty-nine and two. So basically, what you're saying is we paid the National Football League's owners have paid two hundred and thirty million dollars yeah. for average quarterback play. That's what we're saying, and. Yes, Peter, they're not tearing it down. That's what scares me. That's what scares me, man. The fact that they are going out there looking for another quarterback, and I get it. Maybe people are saying, what's out there that's better? You got to find something better than average. Maybe you can build a team around the quarterback position if you hadn't paid $230 million in salary to a guy that's only going to give you Average play. Let's stop beating around the bush. Aaron Rodgers owns this division. He's going to continue to own this division <laughs> until he decides he doesn't want to be in this division anymore.
1: The Devontae Adams thing doesn't. <laughs> doesn't, doesn't the Devontae <laughs> <It's been> Adams <laughs> thing. Also, Kirk Cousins, average quarterback, good record against Rodgers, four and four and one, going back to his How many days,
4: division wins? How many playoff wins? Washington. We, hey, look, we could talk about these wins head to head and tell it's happening in the playoffs. Enough. I ain't not want to talk about it. Just like Aaron Rodgers. We could talk about how great he is, really. But until he wins another Super Bowl, really, his legacy
3: ah! You got to say my Super Bowls. I do. I'm just saying, and I'm not a great quarterback. But here, this is why the Cousins thing is fascinating. He's not an average quarterback in any metric. He's actually very good. These average results. Except when I know. I know. And that's, that's what, what makes matters. it interesting. Make, the average makes results. Makes it
1: interesting or frustrating?
3: Both. Both. That, but depending on the segment. Today, I find <laughs> it interesting because we're starting the show with Vikings. Yeah. But um, he's way better than average. It's just when you bring up the 59-59-2, it's very compelling. And it was supposed to be all in the past. And Peter got up there and danced the jig when he beat yeah. the Saints in the <laughs> playoffs. Beat the Saints. They and that did. was that, three years ago, we Peter? thought he
5: exercised demons. That was it.
3: But here we are. If Devontae Balan- Adams was
1: still a true. Green Bay Packer, would it be no contest? We wouldn't be having contest. Conversation. No, or are we so juiced by the Vikings, or is it because like we don't know who that ex receiver is you're talking about that's, that's coming in?
3: Part, part of it, the mystery. How, of the how big of a mystery part. of the Packers? Yeah. But again, 12 times Rodgers, six and six against the Vikings. The Vikings have got to take care of business against the other teams. Yeah, that's, that's their the problem, problem. Is they have the frustrating hair pulling loss. They can handle the Packers on a given day. But listen, I also think, I think we watched the Mike Zimmer thing die on a vine. I really do. I think that that team was eroding from the inside out. I think it was time to go. I think it probably stayed a year too late. This O'Connell thing is fresh. Brought back I like all it.
5: the same guys, though. But he yeah. got a new leader. <laughs> I guess, but it's like Patrick Peterson's back, yeah. and here's the same Daniel Hunter's back. the it's roster
1: like, has a of talent. You're naming talented guys, These are right? talented
5: guys yeah. who could be up. But it's like, last year he played under... Whelming football. Yeah. It's like, no, no, that was just last year. That was a microcosm. Mm-hmm. Like, we're doubling down, so.
4: 59-59-2.
1: If no. they play well, it'll be Most an indictment on, on the field. Old Zimmer.
3: Yeah. No, for sure they will. <laughs> uh,
1: how big is the gap between the Vikings and the rest of the division?
3: Is there a rest of the division right it's, now? Is
1: it, are you putting Chicago on the par with the, the Lions right now?
3: Chicago is this weird mirage right now. I don't know what they're up yeah, to, and yeah. we have we're not going to find out whether until the draft. And then the Lions, like you know, we're going to be on hard knocks, and we're going to host the draft, and we'll see. But I don't know. I, I think as a, I, I can't think of two a bigger drop off between the top two and the third and fourth in any in any division. You're in right. That.
1: It's time for the lead block. Lead block. Let's ride. Uh, what is it? Broncos country. Let's, let's ride. ride. Broncos let's country. Ride. Let's ride. That's what Russell Wilson said. Well, here he is at the facility yesterday with Bradley Chubb. There's plenty of excitement in Denver now that Danger Russ is mile high. The Broncos are one of six teams. Guys, six teams began their voluntary offseason workout programs yesterday, along with the Raiders, the Buccaneers, Vikings, Texans, and Jags. The teams with new coaches. So we've got you covered with updates throughout the day, right here on NFL Network. All those teams and four others who started voluntary workouts last week all have the new guys in charge, and that's why they get the early start. Now that that's squared away here on a Tuesday, let's look at the uh, teams, the coaches, their quarterbacks as they try to get the offseason going. So much optimism around the league, and that's why I love April in the NFL. But which one of those duos, gents, is under the most pressure. We love asking this question. I literally hate this question more than any other. But guy. what do you got?
3: Um, They're all under pressure, but I'm going to go to what you referenced earlier, Kay. Earlier in the show, we did a draft of AFC, te- AFC teams we think could win the AFC title mm. this year. We went around the table. It was a snake draft. Let me show you how it worked. Bring it up right now. This is earlier in the show. The four of us did this. Starting in the upper left corner, Peter took the Chiefs as the team most likely to win the AFC. Then Bills, Bengals, Raiders. Now follow me around because it snakes Raiders, Colts, Chargers, Browns, Ravens. Into the third round, Titans, and then stop under Michael Robinson. Out of 16 teams in the AFC, we have the Denver Broncos with Russell Wilson as the 10th. The 10th. They would miss the playoffs in that scenario. Yes, they're out. 10 pick. Um, And and they're behind the Raiders, behind the Chargers, behind the Chiefs, last in the AFC West, which is why I do think that the answer is the Denver Broncos for a bunch of reasons. Last week, I think it was Peter's just casually talking about Russell Wilson, and you throw around what we throw around with Russell Wilson, which is, oh, he's a top five guy. Is he a top five guy? Is Russell Wilson right now a top five quarterback in the NFL? Is he a top three quarterback in his division? Is he definitely the top anywhere in in that division, Mm. above anybody? Mm. I think Russ has some things to prove. New atmosphere, new teammates, new everything. And he's got to take over this thing where, you know, all Denver needs is a quarterback. We've been doing that for seven years. Also in seven years, they've never beaten Patrick Mahomes. So probably the schedule makers would come out and be like, wow, Broncos at Chiefs is pretty tasty. I like it for that first Sunday nighter. I like it really early in prime time. You lose that game if you're Russ, You're like, dude, what the hell? You're supposed to change everything. We still lose to Mahomes. We could have done that two years ago, three years ago. That's a lot of pressure. Added to which, now that you have a first a new head coach? You have a first-time ever head coach in Nathaniel Hackett. Yeah. Okay? Never. Never high school, never college. And everybody loves him. And he's got this amazing personality that I think actually has been kind of lost because we've been so into Mike McDaniel and how quirky he is. (laughs) Daniel Hackett's an amazing dude. Everybody loves him. Look, the, lo- the list is long of really well-loved assistants and coordinators who get the big gig and you never hear from them again. And those guys did not jump into an AFC West that had Mahomes and the Raiders and Herbert. Like it's that thing. Be careful in that AFC West. Like you can go five and twelve like that, and you're not going. Your head's going to be spinning. So a lot of expectations for Russ to be the the savior. A lot of expectations for Hackett to be everyone everything says he is. It's tough. That's going to be a very hard division, and you cannot show up this year and be a seven-win team if you're Denver Broncos. Mm -hmm. You just can't. Um, High stakes, new changes, a lot of good players in the division. It's going to be very difficult for them.
1: hack it. Rogers loves him, his wife loves me, we love him as a personality. You got to talk to him. I've never met him. Does he have what it takes to compete with the Andy Reeds in the world? of the world? We'll and see. the McDaniels of the pedigree.
5: Again, great assistant coach, one of the great play callers of the last few seasons with Rogers, but he's never been the main guy in a room and his staff is very young and I What's think What's the read
1: you get from him though?
5: Oh uh, that the players love him and he relates to players in an amazing way. But like Freddie he, Kitchens? It, hey. All that, stuff, all that stuff is fair, though, Kyle, I know. I know. We, there's been a million assistant coaches who are know, beloved, and then they get the head coaching job, and we're not sure, so we'll see. And they're
4: going to have to get used to Russell Wilson's playing style, too. Again, a lot of those explosive plays come from broken plays, right? The second part of the play, scramble drills and things like that, but I'm going to go to an NFC team, coach-quarterback combination under the most pressure, and I know it's going to sound a little funny, I'm going to go with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, okay. Todd Bowles, and, okay. and Tom Brady. And I know we're talking about the GOAT. I know we're talking about Todd Bowles, who's regarded as probably one of the best defensive minds in, in the game of football. But uh, this team was in a Super Bowl a couple of years ago. They got close last year. They lost in a divisional round to the eventual Super Bowl champions in the Los Angeles Rams. With Tom Brady saying, I'm going to retire. Yeah. OK, I, I lost and I'm going to retire. But w- the last time we saw him on the field, he was mounting a furious comeback in the it. Rams. I, I could argue that if they had 10 more minutes left, Brady comes away with a win in, in, in the divisional round last year. So you bring the band back together mm-hmm. and now the expectation is that the Buccaneers are on top of the NFC. And it's not like Bruce Arians this is this is the, the really intriguing thing for me. It's not like Bruce Arians retired and is completely out of the building. Mm-hmm. Yeah? There's going to be guys that loved Bruce Arians as the head coach. Bruce Arians and Todd Bowles are two different personalities. I know they've been connected in a lot of different ways, but Todd Bowles is an entirely different personality than Bruce Arians. And, and what happens when this team meets meet some type of adversity? Mm. And some players on this team think, oh, maybe things will be different if Bruce Arians was the head coach. And, oh, Bruce Arians right upstairs. I want to go talk to him. See, that's when, <laughs> that's when I think... Uh Tabos being the head coach and, and all the pressure on Tom Brady uh, and this Tampa Bay Buccaneers could be very interesting because again, I do think there's a faction of that team that loves Bruce Arians. And Todd Bowles is a different personality. How does that dynamic play out? If they meet some adversity, I'm telling you, stories story is going to be coming. Mm. It'll be coming out.
5: Mm-hmm. Brady also has a no trade clause. He has a no franchise tag clause, meaning next year he could be out. And then Bowles is now the head coach of it. And it's like, how did we, one year window, basically? <laughs> yeah. Like, go win, Todd Bowles. Um, and Brady's an interesting name for my team, uh, the Miami Dolphins. I think. Mike McDaniel and Tua are an interesting combination, and McDaniel has been speaking the world of Tua, and I think Tua is going to love having Mike McDaniel coach him. Uh, Tua needs to win now. Like, it, it, this is year three now for Tua. They got him the weapons. Tyree Kill is there. Jalen Waddell is there. That's a first round pick, and that is a huge trade piece that they made. They also have. Raheem Mostert now in the backfield. They got Chase Edmonds on that team. Like, they've got the offensive weapons, and now they've got the offensive mastermind coach. Um, What if Tua's not good this year? What if he can't reach Tyreek Hill? What if he can't do all the things that they are expecting to do with this mastermind, and they're limited because of Tua? Well, then we enter next year, and guess who might be a free agent? Tom Brady. Guess who might be a head coach that's a possibility to come back? Sean Payton, guess who's... All of a sudden, we're back to square one. Now, I don't think they're going to fire Mike McDaniel after year one, but I promise you this, they expect to win with Mike McDaniel in year one, and they made that trade for Tyreek Hill to do that. They mortgaged a lot of their future to get a number one option for Tua to go with Jalen Waddle. Like, they got to win. So when you say pressure, it might not be job for the coach, it might be for the quarterback... But I also think it's, like, for the organization as a whole. And meanwhile, there's a lot going on with that organization. Uh When you talk about the Brian Flores lawsuit, we talk about other things that maybe the NFL Network, like, we haven't even covered as much because we talked to football here. But there's stuff in the... Winning makes a lot of that go into the background. Losing and having this disastrous start to the Mike McDaniel thing, it makes all that stuff into the foreground. So uh, Mike McDaniel, it's a lot better off in Miami if they win with what they did this offseason. And Mm -hmm. for Tua... um, it's almost like win or a lot of these Dolphins fans are going to be saying he's just not the guy after three years we know.
1: Dolphins fans who defend him more than any other core. I mean, Dolphins fans love themselves some too. I went more in your vein of grace period. Who press, Most pressure means shortest grace period. I'm going to go to Chicago. I'm not sure, and I'm from there that if there's not tangible growth, that there's much of a grace period. I don't think Chicago fans know what to make of Iberflus and Getsey, who is, of course, Aaron Rodgers' quarterback coach, now offensive coordinator. We get it. A little bit of a surprise given Justin Fields and what we need him to do to bring in a defensive coach, in my opinion. So my, right. I'm scratching my head a little bit. These fans, I cannot talk about 1985 anymore. <laughs> I wasn't even around. Like, what are we doing here, in Chicago? This is a storied franchise, the oldest franchise. Like, we got to get this going and and this is a fan base that is seeing young quarterbacks have success right away. And Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow in the past five years, they desperately need Justin Fields to do something. I mean, the pitchforks were out for Matt Nagy after one failed year with Justin Fields, the guy that he and Pace decided to draft. So, is I mean, is he going to take this huge leap with Getze? I hope so. If it doesn't work, here's the question: Who are the Bears going to blame? Are they going to blame Fields now, guys? Are they going to blame Iberflus? Are they still are they going to blame Getze? Are they still going to blame Matt Nagy? Because he was sort of on the field. Like, Who do they even blame? Who are the pitchforks out for? If there aren't signs of tangible growth this season, I'm very worried about mm-hmm. Chicago. And I don't think that they've got long in those seats
3: they still like to blame Ryan Pace and that's what they talk yeah. about all the time and that's what the Bears organization is trying to change a lot the hope I get from the silence from the Matt Eberflus low profile low recognizability thing is the Bears when they hired Dick Duran like, Dick Duran is really good teams lovey not a ton to say not a dynamic guy we're gonna build the defense we're gonna do the O-line really good team so never mind 85 that's ridiculous but the history more recent history sometimes this works out for them
4: Hutchinson! Sack time! The Michigan defense led by number 97, Aiden Hutchinson. Can I pitch it? Yes, you
7: can. He can throw it, but he can run that bad boy too. And it's broken up by the outstanding safety, Kyle Hamilton. Deeper into the bag of tricks. Jamison Williams, goodbye! For the end zone! He's going
2: to get sacks. He's going to get strips. Orton with a great play. Well, Taylor read that perfectly.
5: Let's go. The NFL draft is now only 16 days away. The countdown is on, and prospects from all over the country have been preparing and interviewing with teams with the hope that their names are called on day one. Um, As that weekend draws closer and closer, you're hearing a lot of new names, and this happens in the draft process. And I speak to front office guys and gals, and it's like, hey, you got to keep an eye on this one because no one's mentioning this one, and this is one that can go at the end of the first round or early second, and I haven't seen them on your network yet. So let's get right into it. Here are five prospects who are on the rise, names that you're not hearing or seeing in mock drafts that could go late first, early second, or even third round that you just haven't seen. Let's start with number five on my list, Ohio State tight end Jeremy Ruckert. Sure. Jeremy Ruckert was the fifth option in the Ohio State offense this year, an offense that was electric down the stretch. But just about every time he touched a ball, he made a play. This guy scored a touchdown every four and a half half catches he made at Ohio State. And last season showed buttery hands. That's the term I got, buttery hands. Okay, and also an ability to block. Now, a lot of times when they would bring him in, it would be in that 12 personnel, two tight ends. Let's see him block for things. And he would be the option in the receiving game. Smooth. Now, yesterday on our show, we had Trey McBride from Colorado State. We've had Jelani Woods on the show. We've had some of the top tight end prospects. Don't be shocked if this is the first one off the board. Jeremy Ruckert out of Ohio State. Great athletic ability, great hands, has been there, can block, and played in an NFL-style offense. He's catching passes from Justin Fields a few times. Not bad, before. right? He's been around, too, yeah. and he's played with a lot of pros. Number four, a lot of pass rushers in this draft. We haven't heard much about Josh Pascal, out of Kentucky. Huh? Pascal is one of these guys, three-time captain at Kentucky. You're watching him here in the wide-open SEC. Remember, Josh Allen came out of the Kentucky as a pass rusher for the Jaguars. Pascal put up numbers at Kentucky that challenged Josh Allen's. Now, why isn't he being talked about? Undersized. Not your typical defensive end size. And yet, makes plays all over the field. And it's one of those guys you can plug in and say, oh, okay, yeah, he's an NFL pro, this is a guy. Now, got to Kentucky as a highly decorated recruit, missed the 2018 season with illness, came back in 2019, came back in 2020, and then 2021 had this breakout year, was all SEC, everything you wanna be. Type of guy that you're saying, well, where does he fall in the draft? Don't be shocked if he goes early day two, early in the second round, or even can sneak in at the end of the first. Number three, I've got one of those nasty offensive linemen hey. that every team is looking for right now. Cam Juergens out of Nebraska. Huh, yeah. All right, Cam Juergens played undersized at Nebraska, was at 290, shows up to the combine, was bulked up to 305 and ran the 14th fastest 40 ever by an offensive lineman in the history of the combine. Juergens also nasty, showed up to Nebraska, as a tight end, an all-state tight end in high school. Gets there, Scott Frost looks at him and is like, you're my center. Had never snapped a football before. Goes on to be a three-year starter at center and dominates for the Big Ten Huskies, uh, Huskers, where he played. Now, There's other names, Linderbaum and Zion Johnson. You're going to hear about a lot of interior offensive linemen. This guy's got a nasty streak. I think he might go into first round, early second round as well. Watch him in these plays here. He is basically the shot caller of that offense. Was undersized, now is bulked up. He's a high school track star, both in the discus and the shot put. Tremendous athlete. Let's see how he does at the next level. But I think he'll go earlier than people are saying he is supposed to in these mock Can you tests.
3: get us some discus footage at some point, Peter, before the draft?
5: We will. We will get you, you some discus footage yeah, from so Nebraska <laughs> high school. Fu- hammer throw ne- Nebraska yeah. high school field events. Right. Well, that's what we're here for. We're uh, here on Good here for morning, it. Number two on my list, how about Maryland safety, Nick Cross. All right, we know about Kyle Hamilton out of Notre Dame. Nick Cross is the guy. A lot of people are like, well, what are we, where do you have Cross on your list? Okay. He might be the number two safety in this draft. Is all over the field. as a speedster. Comes out of DeMatha High School, which is a powerhouse, which has produced Chase Young, but has also produced uh, some names such as, oh, I don't know, Kevin Durant and, uh, and Mikel Fulks as well. So this is a guy who is just an absolute star as far as where he came out of in high school and what he did in the, in the collegiate level. Speedster. We've had him on our show is is absolutely football-obsessed, is smart, and is a great athlete. Nick Cross, okay? He's our number two guy. I don't know if Durant went to the math. I know he's from that region. I'm sorry if I gave him uh, that high school. He might not have gotten there. But we know that Folks and Chase Young did. That's and right. so did Nick Cross, all right? Let's get to number one. We've got one cross. How about the other cross uh, in Chris this, cross? Hey, this might be my <laughs> Charles Cross. Uh, can ball. Charles people. Cross. We're talking about, all we talk about is Icky and Evan Neal. Charles Cross might be a top five, top ten pick also. Comes out of Mississippi State. Now here's the rub. He does everything athletically. He looks fantastic, nimble. Everyone loves the player when they meet him. Um, he played at Mississippi State. So you're like, so what? That's Division One. That's SEC. They don't run the ball. They don't run the ball. They just, they, they just pass So it's like he's in these pass protection, 1,200 pass protection snaps. The most by far of anyone in this draft. Mike Leach offense, it says, let's go back and cock it back and throw it. Um, the run game, we see some plays here, and he does a fine job. But is that a knock or is that a positive in today's NFL that he's had over 1,200 protections at left tackle in the in the passing game in the SEC? I think it's a positive. Yeah.
3: Who cares? The Chiefs don't run the ball either. The Chiefs don't run the ball. <laughs> you know
5: the Bills don't run the ball. A lot of teams don't run the ball right now, and this kid is. I think he's leaping up mock, mock drafts to the point. Or uh, draft boards to the point where it's like, all right, he might go top 20. We want Charles Cross with the 15th pick. Uh He might be gone by seven to the Giants. Mm. Like, that's how high this guy could go. Fast riser. Fast riser and has been interviewing incredibly well. Where if Evan Neal and Icky are off the board, Charles Cross could be right there. Him Him and Penning are really the next offensive tackles that people are looking at. But here are my five names. None of these right now are household names. Okay. But let's check back in a couple of weeks when we get to the draft and you start hearing some first round, second round buzz on these names. We're going Mississippi State, Maryland, Nebraska, Kentucky, Ohio State. Big programs, and yet the names might not be as big as some of the others we've been talking about. Start off, Mike Rob, you were talking about Charles Cross a bit. What do you got on this list?
4: Yeah, that that kid's gonna be an all-pro one day. All-pro. He will be an all-pro one day. Just watching him on film from a technical standpoint. I mean, great extension on his arms. He's sticky and blocking guys, can't really get get, get a pass rush on him. And one-on-one pass roll against elites in the SEC. He locked many of them down. I think this kid's gonna have a bright future.
1: Jeremy Ruckert, very interested with him. Coming out of high school, guys, he was ranked ahead of Kyle Pitts and Pat Fryerman. Ah, and really? let's not forget... Tight ends, nobody talks about. Do a thing in the league. Yes, Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, third rounders. George Kittle, a fifth rounder at tight end. So he could be that dude in a couple of years in the league, and I'm here for that.
3: I like it. It's buttery hands. I like it. Buttery. I feel a stink that. coming off the Charles Cross critique, Peter. I, I, there's good critiques in bad. The one about they pass too much in college doesn't pass the smell test for fair. me. Especially at guard and center, of course, yeah. But at a tackle, like that seems like that seems like thin air to me. I, 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 I right think that's
5: that. an absolutely fair assessment. And that was sort of used as a knock, man. Like, well, that air raid offense that they run at Texas Tech, Mike Le- uh, Mississippi State, Mike Leach's offense, it doesn't really translate that. Mm. Maybe it didn't years ago. Now it's, like everyone wants team that team in the NFL. Yeah. Um, incredible kid, too. Like, everyone loves this kid. Nothing off the field, which is what right now is where that stuff starts bubbling up. And he is as clean a prospect. And Mike Robb, to your point, I think you could plug him in day one and he's got the technique to at least hold his own.
0: Mm. You go into your shower feeling tired.
3: welcome back let's bring a Bruin in here our next guest led UCLA in past breakups and interceptions last season is now looking to make an impact at the next level and most importantly he said during the commercial break that he's coming from one of our oh. jobs <laughs> and we like that kind of thing yes. please give a warm welcome to Bruins defensive back Quentin Lake what's up Quentin? And what what is how you guys doing we're doing great man so is this is this the deal you're going to drop into the league a couple Super Bowl rings gold jacket and then you're going to go into media is that the long term plan for Quentin Lake
7: yeah, so I always told myself that I kind of wanted to, you know, play well enough where my football career would easily transition into kind of like a media role. Whether that's, you know, something like um, Drew Brees does or Troy Aikman does or even Tony Romo, I feel like that would be awesome.
3: Okay, so that's the dream job? You want to like be in the booth the quarterback, or the studio man. or you want to do a talk show? Like this is awesome. Tell us more.
7: Yeah. yeah. Um, for me, it doesn't really matter. Just kind of being in front of the camera, whether I'm telling my own story or, you know, talking about the game. Um, I feel like it's fun kind of showing your personality, you know, outside of the helmet, because a lot of times, you know, fans and stuff can't really see you because you've got a helmet on. But being able to express yourself, you know, especially outside the game and, you know, kind of be able to, you know, express how much knowledge you have and stuff like that is awesome. So whether it's in the booth or, you know, what even what you guys do would be awesome for sure.
5: All
3: right. Well, we got to get you to New York. First of all, we got to get you to the NFL. You are still an amateur football player. He's been through a lot, though. All right. So you have a shortened season in 2020 and then you're able to come back for another year. You're in the media. Tell us the story. Tell us the story of Quentin Lake and how he grew during that time.
7: Yeah. So 2020 was a big developmental year for me. Um, You know, a lot of the time you didn't have access to a lot of things, especially during that year. So a lot of it was a lot of self-development and self-growth, which was important. Um, You know, especially in the Pac-12, we only had six games, but I feel like I did well enough. And I really thought about leaving um, during that season. But I thought it was going to be best for me to come back. um, You know, and obviously, you know, the 2021 season was really good for me. Um, but yeah, so I just knew that, you know, I could definitely up my draft stock and really kind of improve and check all the boxes off this, you know, this past year, um, which I felt like I did. So that was a big thing for me, just really being able to you know, improve my game um, year in and year out. Um, and then just finish off, you know, my college career with a bang was definitely go- the goal for me.
4: Yeah, Quentin, we we hear NFL scouts talk about prospects' versatility. That's a word that's kind of brought up all over the place. Now, if you've gotten the rep of being one of the most versatile defensive backs in this year's draft class, tell us more about what makes your game so unique.
7: Yeah. I feel like I am. Um, you know, you sometimes you want to be humble, but I feel like I am one of the most versatile defensive backs in this draft class. Um, and a lot of it just comes from, you know, my football IQ and my film study. Uh, that's a big thing. You know, like you guys know, you got to prepare for, you know, every, you know, interview and stuff like that. And it's the same way in football, you know, as long as you're preparing and, you know, doing your homework, um, you're going to succeed. Um, preparation is key when it comes to, you know, college or even professional football, you guys, you know, like I said, you got to do your homework. Um, so, you know, by me doing my homework, I feel like that transitions into me playing different positions, me being able to be down in the box, be back, you know, being able to, you know, come down and, you know, cover slots, cover tight ends and kind of do it all. So, that's the biggest thing I think for me is, you know, my football IQ just kind of takes me a step ahead of everybody else.
5: I see you in that 37. Yep. I see you making plays all over the field. I see the last name Lake and I have to wonder, are you yeah. related to the great Carnell Lake, all 1990s player, five-time Pro Bowler, first-team All-Pro? How are you related to Carnell Lake and what was it like growing up watching it from your pops? <laughs>
7: yeah yeah, yeah. so i mean you kind of answered the question myself yeah kind of like he's my dad um, <laughs> he's been great <laughs> he's been great um you know over the course of my years he's definitely helped me improve my game just kind me, you know taught me the ins and outs of football for sure um and that's the biggest thing is you know having a father figure like that and having somebody that did it you know it's a good resource to really go back and really understand the game it was so important and especially in these last two years you know he's been critical and me, you know, performing on the field and making plays. You know, he's taught me, the, you know, the ins and outs. He's taught me, you know, what to look at when you know offenses are lining up. What's their favorite formation? You know, what are they gonna? What are offenses gonna attack in terms of defense? So all those things, you know, he kind of taught me and kind of guided me, and it's definitely improved my game for the last two years.
1: I know front offices, those ears and eyes perk up when bloodlines come into play. So well said and very, very cool. Now, aside from being a great football player with plenty of pedigree, you might have a future in manifestation or fortune-telling, what have you. That was for you, manifestation. Now, you posted this on IG. It looks like a yearbook entry. You not only predicted your football career at UCLA, also predicting your future in the NFL. So if you could go back in time, what would you tell that young kid in this picture?
7: um just be patient i think that's the biggest thing is you know having patience in your life and really having a good support system um and control what you can control that's the biggest thing actually um control what you can control don't worry about you know what you can can and cannot do just you know work hard i mean at the end of the day as long as you put in the putting in the work and continually being consistent everything will fall in place for sure and it's crazy that you mentioned fortune telling i just went to a psychic not too long ago it okay. um, kind yes. of did my, yes. my own little palm okay. reading, um, you know, tarot cards, whatever. I thought it was going to be cool, especially going into this next transition of my life, just to, you know, get a little fortune done. So it's kind of crazy that you said that. Wow. What'd they
1: say? Fellowship. What'd
5: they say? That's what was the fortune? the fortune
1: teller say? Yeah, yeah. So, Can you
7: share it? yeah. So um they said that this this upcoming year, I, you know, I asked about health. That was the biggest thing. Health. And then. You know, financial income. Um, and they said next year you'll be more than okay financially, but in two years you'll, your big money will come. And then in terms of health, they said, you know, so from what they see, you know, everything looks good. Um, and then obviously there were a lot of, you know, other details and stuff like that. But those were the two big things that I really wanted to know.
3: Love it. You got it all going on. This is, this is the part of the interview we're supposed to say, sell yourself and tell the teams and executives what they'll be getting in you. We already know. Uh, you got film study, you got versatility, obviously the bloodline, you got the big personality. Let's just get – you watch the NFL right now. What, what do you like about the league and the teams and the players, and maybe what would you like to see change?
7: Yeah, um – I think the game is definitely changing from from years past. You know, you got especially on defense, you know, you got a lot of players doing a lot more things. I think that's the biggest thing. One of the players I look up to and I try to model my game off is Justin Simmons. Um, and I feel like in terms of safety, technically the safety position, you know, you're going you're having guys like we mentioned before doing a lot, you know, more versatile players, you know, like I said can play in the box and play deep, can do all those things. So I feel like in terms of defense, you know, you're getting guys that can kind of do it all and it's you know allowing you know defensive coordinators and you know other defensive coaches to do more with their players which i think is awesome and then in terms of offense you got more you got guys that can you know super big guys you know guys like darren waller super big can run catch block do do everything so i feel like you know the league is just trying to find almost like unicorns in every position guys that can kind of do it all and do it all well so i think that's awesome is is the fact that one you got all these guys, and it's such a small population, but everybody's kind of sorta of interconnected. And then two, you're getting almost like freaks of nature at every position. It's kind of cool to see for sure.
1: It's
3: unbelievably cool Good to job. see. And we have not had a more interesting prospect this year, or maybe any this year.
5: pops is the DB's coach for the Tampa Bay Bandits of the USFL right yeah. now. Oh, so we got some
3: coaching right. blood too. Mm-hmm. Um, coaching big game blood. this weekend. Yeah. 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 Quentin Lake, listen, we are are fascinated. We are rooting for you. We think we're going to have a huge career, and we hope the the tarot card reader is all right. Two years, big payday. It's awesome, man. You got it all going on. Thanks for doing
7: our show. No, no problem. Thank you guys so much for the opportunity.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring